Good morning, Atlanta First. Good morning. It is wonderful to worship with you this morning and a real honor to preach the Sunday, Laity Sunday, and in this 175 anniversary series. And uh, essentially, I think Mary preached the word, so we can just go home now. <laughs> she got right to the heart of the gospel message. And um, let, us, let us this morning begin with a word of prayer. Dear God, thank you for this beautiful Sunday morning. Thank you that you've blessed Atlanta first for 175 years and that you have given us a dream for another 175 years into the future. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have you ever been busy? <laughs> Have you ever had a long list of things to do but not enough time or energy to complete them? Amen? Anybody say an amen? <laughs> then perhaps you know a thing or two about our sister Martha. For on this day, Jesus comes to her house unannounced. He does not give her a phone call. He does not text her. Or more historically and culturally accurate terms, he doesn't even send a messenger ahead of him. He just shows up. And she's suddenly busy getting things ready for him. But she doesn't have enough time or energy to make it all happen. Have you ever been in such a situation where there's just too much going on and you can't get it all done? Amen? Amen. Then perhaps you know a thing or two about our sister Martha. Martha, who is busily getting everything done, finally comes out of the back rooms wondering why she is swimming in a list of things to do while her sister Mary is nowhere to be seen. It only makes it worse when she sees her sister Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, as Mary just told us. While Martha had been working away, here was Mary sitting not doing. Here was Mary, listening, not preparing. And Martha is furious. What is more, Mary was breaking the rules. Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet, a sign that she considered herself a disciple of a rabbi, a role primarily reserved for men. So here was Mary occupying a man's position not in the back rooms where women were supposed to be. So Martha comes right up to Jesus, taps him on the shoulder, and says, Jesus, don't you care that Mary has left me to do all of the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Jesus looks at Martha. He recognizes that she's quite upset and replies, Martha, Martha. He calls her name twice, quite endearingly. 
You are worried and upset about many things, aren't you? He looks at her and sees that she's not only upset, but also really distracted. In the Greek, it actually says she is cumbered, from the word distracted. In other words, burdened. It means, according to John Wesley's notes from the 18th century, he wrote some notes about this actual text, says, he said that it was as if she seemed drawn different ways at the same time, surrounded by so many objects of care that she hardly knows which to attend to first. Jesus continues to say to her, but Martha, few things are needed. Actually, only one thing is needed. Indeed, it is the better thing, which Mary has chosen, something that will not be taken away from her. You can imagine Martha just stopping in her tracks. You're going to take her side? But Jesus is just getting down to some basics. He says to Martha, you're distracted and burdened by so many things, but only one thing is needed. So, Atlanta first, what is that one needful thing? What is that one needful thing that Mary has chosen? That one needful thing that is going to relieve Martha from her distractions and burdens. Thomas Merton, the Trappist monk, writes, to allow oneself to be carried away by a multitude of conflicting concerns, to surrender to too many demands, to commit oneself to too many projects, to want to help everyone and everything, is to succumb to violence, because it kills the root of inner wisdom which makes work fruitful. It kills the root of inner wisdom which makes work fruitful. I wonder what Martha's inner being, her soul might have said to her on that busy day, had she a moment to look within. Might her soul have said, please keep doing what you're doing, this work is productive and fruitful and life-giving, or might have said to Martha, this is too much, Please let me have a break. Let me rest. I wonder what her soul may have said to her. And I wonder what our inner being, our soul, might be saying to us on this day as we look back 175 years and then dream for another 175. Have we taken a chance to look within? Or are we already beginning to get carried away by a multitude of conflicting concerns? Have we already surrendered to too many demands? I certainly know what it's like to be pulled in many directions. <laughs> Several years ago in Boston, I volunteered to help with a conference for a group of women theologians. And the theme of the conference was healing. So I came up with a, a ritual with stones where everyone comes up to the front and they place a stone in the bowl of water to say something they want to be healed from. And it was one of those nice contemplative things and with calming music in the background, all of that, to get ourselves to kind of quiet down. But I just remember being consumed by so many other things. Like, are they putting the stone in the right bowl? Are they asking for healing for the right things? 
Are they, did they understand my directions? Right, my mind was pulled in so many different directions. I wonder if you've ever had that experience. By the end of the conference, I was so tired from being such a busy body, and the last night of the conference, I decided just to sleep in. I needed it, so that was good. That was very good. But I knew I had missed a crucial part of the weekend when I missed something pretty big the next morning, the group photo. At these conferences, it seems like the group photo always, you know, it matters. It's like, were you there? Well, if you were there, you were in the group photo. <laughs> and um, I remember afterward, um, the women theologians asking me, you know, oh, oh, were you there for, were you there for the photo, Helen? I just, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't say yes. <laughs> it had been recorded, it had been documented, and it could go in the archives, right? There's a record of it. But by the end of the weekend, I felt as though I had missed something even more essential. The fellowship with these women. I felt as though I had come to work for them and not to be with them, not to bridge the bonds of sisterhood and build community. And I was just so tired. Maybe not unlike Martha. And it's not that that work was bad, but it just came with, I think, missing the point. You know, what is the point of doing all of this, right? And even today, as I work away during a busy semester and eagerly plan for what's ahead, sometimes I wonder, will I miss the point? Will I get so bogged down in the mess of life that I can't even see the big picture? Will I toil away, carry myself away in a multitude of conflicting concerns that have no lasting fruit? Will I work so hard at life that I kill the inner wisdom that makes work fruitful? Right now, we're in the middle of a beautiful fall 2022, but we've had two plus years of a pandemic that has gone on and on and on. It's improved, but it's still ongoing. We've witnessed not only a global public health crisis, but also a social and political crisis. With the rise of Black Lives Matter and the movement to stop AAPI hate, the election of controversial political regimes, not only in the US, but throughout the world, and even an all-out war in Eastern Europe. We have been living through challenging times, amen? Amen. <laughs> and so many of us are just so tired. But I wonder if it feels as though we may be starting to round that corner. One of the songs that made it onto former President Barack Obama's favorite songs list this summer, do you follow his reading list or his favorite songs list? Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the songs that made it onto his favorite songs list um, was Beyonce's Break My Soul. Have any of you heard it yet? Yeah. It was so much to march in the Pride Parade a couple of weeks ago to this song, and we were talking about it, and it was such a fun song. And the first line goes, I'm about to explode, take off this load. 
Even Beyonce, the queen of R&B, is tired. <laughs> But the song insists, you won't break my soul. She continues, I'm looking for a new foundation. And she concludes, I'm taking my new salvation and building a new foundation. If cultural productions like top R&B hits can tell us anything, I think they can key us into our cultural moment. And maybe Beyonce is right. Maybe we are rounding that corner in our search for new salvation and new foundation, a moment of renewal, as it says in Isaiah 43:19. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness. Amen? And streams in the wasteland. Amen? But how do we stay connected to the stream of renewal when we are so busy or maybe stretched in a lot of different directions? How do we stay keyed into God's new work? God who is making a way in the wilderness. God who is making streams in the wasteland especially as we reflect upon our last 175 years and dream for another 175. How do we stay connected to the stream of renewal? As for Martha, it seems Jesus wants to heal her from fruitless labor, and he tells her that Mary has chosen what is better. So just what is that thing that Mary has chosen? There are five verses in this passage and only one line devoted to Mary. She's given no dialogue. We don't hear her words, but we do see her actions, her posture. Verse 39 says, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. We don't hear her words, but we do see her posture. She sits and she communes with Jesus, listening for a word. She's present to Christ and she fellowships with Christ. It's not as if Martha did not want to do this as well, but Martha seems to be waiting for a future moment to commune with Christ. Once all of the preparations have been made, But Mary has chosen a different time. She's chosen now, now in the midst of it all, to sit with Jesus and to commune with Christ, now. It's as if she knows the meaning of that verse in John 15:5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me, you can do nothing. 
This reminds me of what Pastor Jasmine has so often said about our affordable housing development project, that God has given us a God-sized vision and that it will not happen without God. Amen? Amen. I love that vision of faith, and it's what brought me to this church. I read about it first in the news. I came and visited you all, and I love this God-sized vision. And this past Wednesday at our Grow Group, the lesson was on miracle stories, and we talked about how the development project itself is a story about miracles upon miracles upon miracles. Grounded in the faith and prayer of our church, both our laity and our pastor. And it inspired us to pray for miracles in our own lives. The God-sized vision miracles that we need in our own lives. Right? The church, the story of the church, the testimony of the church is inspiring us to pray for even more things. Pray for even more miracles in our lives. All of those things where we feel... It can't happen without God, right? Amen. Do you have something like that in your own life? Where you feel as though you've been working so hard, praying, you want, you know, you, God, please deliver. Without you, it's not possible. Is there something like that for you in your own life? Our group, our grow group was inspired to pray for those miracles as we listen to the story of the miracle of our own church and where it's heading in the next 175 years. <laughs> what would it look like for us to choose to stay connected to Christ, to stay connected to God amid it all? A radical act, just as Mary chose to sit at the feet of Jesus, was an act of discipleship that was radical and defied expectations. It's not that Jesus wants to condemn Martha, but he does want to relieve her of her burdens, of her worries, of her wandering and meandering, of her confused priorities, of her scraping away for scarce resources and time and energy. He wants to relieve her of soul-damaging busyness. He wants to help her to be fruitful. Martha, Martha, please choose the one thing that is needed. Please choose me. Please be with me, please sit with me, and please commune with me. Atlanta First, as we reflect upon the last 175 years and dream for another 175, what would it look like for us to continue in our commitment to regularly sit with Christ, to be with Christ, to commune with Christ, even in the midst of what is sure to be a busy season ahead? For just one moment to be present to Christ who already is and who promises to be with us always, right here, right now. Amen? Amen. I do admit it's often not our choice to be burdened, right? It seems like such a privilege to even have a moment to steal away, to be with Christ, or to even in the midst of it all, to just to remember and to stay connected. Sometimes it feels like such a luxury. We have jobs, we have children, we have finances, we have real God-given responsibilities. We have professors who give us too much reading. 
I count myself in that bucket. <laughs> we have, and we have real struggles. We're faced with an illness, a death. We face real injustices in this world. Are these not real burdens, real life circumstances out of our control that weigh us down to the point that we can't help but become burdened? But perhaps the good news, the good news of the gospel is that there is very little required for the one thing that is needed. Mary communes with Jesus, gives her attention to Christ, but more importantly, it is Christ who gives Christ's attention to her. She merely shows up and receives. Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. Won't you turn your face toward me so that I may give you my attention, to give you my fellowship, to give you my love, the one thing that is needed? Atlanta first, as we reflect upon the last 175 years and dream for another 175, let us enter with Mary into the main room where Christ resides. To commune with Christ, to be with Christ, to be in God's very presence, even now, for there is so much for us to receive. Amen. <laughs>